Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Good morning and welcome to the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you're most welcome here. All that we ask is that you stay open to changing your entire life simply by changing your mind. My name is Reverend Larry King. I'm the senior minister here. This month, as many of you know, we've been covering the spiritual principles and practices designed to bring greater success in any area of your lives. Uh, Tools that can pull us out of what many of us are feeling right now as victimhood and and bring us back into the realm of self-determination, greater equanimity, a, a greater sense of both being in control of and adding to the success in our own lives and the people around us. Now, we've covered three of what I think of as the most important spiritual principles involved in bringing greater success to ourselves and the world. We covered the law of cause and effect first up, and we learned that for every effect, for everything going on in the world, behind it is a thought, a belief, a a conviction, a a consciousness that caused it. And so our our thoughts become things. You'll remember that's one of the the keys that we learned from Ernest Holmes, that our, our consciousness produces an effect on the world. And that's why with great confidence I can say that as we change our consciousness around the race relationships in this world and in our country, there will be a positive impact. But we have to get on it. We do have to do something about perhaps our hidden beliefs around society, whether it's a belief in competition that some people have to lose in order for some people to win, whether it's a belief in true inferiority of of some uh, elements of society. You know, I don't know what it is because my guess is it's in the subconscious of most of us. But that subconsciousness is still part of the consciousness. It's still part of that cause that's creating the effect we see in the world. So as we change our thinking, as we change our consciousness, as we begin reaching out in greater unity and greater compassion to our fellows, especially people perhaps who don't look like us, then we see a change. We begin seeing a change in our consciousness first, and then it outpictures as a change in the world around us. The following week, we talked about the law of attraction. And if you'll remember, I said it had both a positive and a negative side. On the positive side, how lovely it is to be surrounded by people who roughly think like us and have similar values. That that ability to attract to us the, the love that we desire, to attract to us the success we desire. And we, we covered some of the ways of doing that. But you'll also remember, I said the danger here is that it tends to provide stratification, that birds of a feather flock together. And when a bunch of people flock together, they begin to not notice that their needs and importances and injustices going on in other people who may flock together differently. 
And so we talked a little bit about how we can go about changing that, how we can go about inviting more people into our sphere of influence, how we can create the ability for different birds to flock together and the power in that and the beauty in that, the unity within the diversity. Last week, we covered the idea of mental equivalence. And if you'll remember, we learned how to create a clear mental picture of ourselves in a greater degree of success. We put ourselves right in the picture. We not only envisioned or or created that mental idea of how we might be in a more successful place, but we put ourselves in it. We, we saw that we were worth it. We saw that we ourselves were for it. Not a disembodied picture for someone else, but a picture for us. We've also covered, gosh, quite a variety of spiritual practices this month. We covered the idea of affirmations, of visioning, of visualization, of using storyboards, of both meditation and contemplation. We even covered journaling last week for the, the purpose of writing down the picture of ourselves in a, in a better situation or with more success in our lives. And all, all of these techniques aimed fundamentally at changing the inside first, our consciousness first, around how we picture ourselves, how we picture the world, and the nature of ourselves in the world, we change that first, and then success is drawn to us automatically, just like a magnet, that law of attraction in full force drawing to us lives that are more loving and lovable, lives that are more successful or abundant, lives that are healthier or more peaceful, whatever, whatever it is in our imagination that we can see for ourselves, truly claim for ourselves, will be almost magically drawn to us, inevitably drawn to us, because it is the result of those spiritual laws. We don't have to be anything special. We don't have to, to somehow be part of, uh, uh, of some collective of people that's luckier or more powerful. As individuals, we can simply use the law of cause and effect, the law of attraction, and the law of mental equivalence to draw to ourselves the lives that we can imagine for ourselves. Well, now, some of you are probably thinking, (laughs) well, in fact, there have been a couple comments on Facebook uh, along the idea of, well, okay, but if it's that easy, why aren't we there already? If it's truly that easy of doing a storyboard or, or doing a bit of journaling and contemplation, why is it that it seems really so hard to shift my life, let alone the, the lives of Americans in general. Why, why do I seem stuck? And I think uh, one illustration of it would be today's joke. So a gentleman was feeling a little lost, a little marginalized, and so he thought he would see his therapist. What's going on, asked the therapist. Well, you know, it's hard to describe, says the man. I feel like in some ways, I just don't matter anymore. When I'm with people, they tend to talk over the top of me as, as though my opinions aren't important. And, and when I'm out in public, I swear people aren't making eye contact. It, it seems like I don't count anymore. It's almost like I'm invisible. 
What do you think, he asked the therapist. Do you have any advice for me? Well, the therapist strokes his chin in thought. Uh, there's a longest pause. And then the therapist says, oh, sorry, uh, lost in thought. What were you saying? And so I think that what we're faced with sometimes is our own invisibility to ourselves. Now, now I've heard it spoken or phrased as the idea of low self-esteem. And in some ways that resonates with me. In some ways it doesn't resonate with me. Because I think it's the idea of more than just whether I deserve to be successful. It's whether I see myself as successful. It's whether I really visualize in my heart the idea of who I am exactly being worth having the good life, seeing ourselves living to the fullness of our potential. And although many of our dreams are not that elaborate or that much beyond where we are today, you know, some of us have very, what I would say, modest ideas of success, just earning a little more money, living in a, a little bit better circumstances, maybe having their debt paid off or, or the car paid off, being able to provide for their children in a little more luxurious way, or, or the ability maybe to go back to school or to, uh, uh, to move on to a career or a job where, where what we have to offer is honored better or paid better or more well-respected or our, our gifts are used in a more productive way. I don't think of these as elaborate or extreme desires for making progress, for finding success in the world. And yet, and yet so often people just don't imagine themselves achieving this. It's almost like the fellow in the story being invisible even to himself. The place to start, I think, is really recognizing, do I see myself in this vision of the future? When I've created the storyboard of a, of a life that's more robust or more rich or more loving or more capable, do I see myself in it? Is it just a dream that I aspire to someday if the fates should favor me? Or do I really picture myself as having it? Because all three of these spiritual laws require our own faith and acceptance in them. They require us to not only see this dream of how our lives could be more effective, but to see us in those dreams, to see us accepting that good, to seeing us as part of that vision of the future that's more loving or more joyous or more productive or more peaceful or, or whatever it is. We have to see ourselves participating in it and truly accepting it. So I ask you, if you've been having trouble harnessing these spiritual principles, I have to ask you, when you've created that vision, are you in it? Or does it seem like an elusive dream that someone else might live out? Do you see this good as good for other people, but something that will be very difficult for you to obtain? Here's the issue with this lack of acceptance in our own life. This is one of the places where I think that many of us get stuck is our own ability to accept our goodness. We're used to where we are. 
We're used to the level of affluence that we have. We're used to the level of education that we have. We're used to the level of love and connection and intimacy that we have. And many cases, it's difficult for us to see beyond that. And yet, and yet, that is what is required to actually use these spiritual principles effectively. Now, I've hopefully not presented this as a, oh my gosh, I'll never be able to pull this off, uh, because what I recognize is that faith is built step by step, that we have to convince ourselves, but we don't have to go the full 100% at once, right? We build our faith through, through noticing that our lives are improving slowly, but surely, We begin accepting what we can into our heart with the opening that we'll be able to accept more later. And so maybe if we have a vision that seems far afield from where we are right now, we begin to visualize ourselves in it as best we can. And we don't back down from it. We don't begin settling for less. We simply notice the progress little by little that we're making. And we make it into a spiritual practice. We see ourselves every day as being a little bit more loving, uh, seeking out ways to to show, to give, and to receive love, or or, or to, to notice the affluence building up in our lives, slowly but surely. Whatever it is that we're we're seeking, we build the faith by little by little accepting more of it into our hearts and our minds, seeing that we're for it and that it's for us, noticing that our good is seeking us even as we are seeking it. Little by little, we build our faith until we can encompass the dream fully, until we fully see ourselves living the life that we would choose to live filled with love and success, filled with joy and radiant good health. We deserve that. We are spirit in form. And spirit would want only for us to be successful. Do you see? Because as we are successful, as we are filled with love, as we are abundant, as as we live the peaceful, gracious life, that is what spirit gets to experience as well. It is spirit living through us and as us that gets to encounter the unity of life, the joy of life, the peace of life. Without us, spirit itself is diminished. The other reason I think that there sometimes can be this... um, this stuckness uh, on our path towards greater, uh, greater whatever it is, greater love, greater success, greater beauty, greater health. I think that sometimes we have trouble with the lack of clarity in our lives. And this can come about from two reasons. One of them is we perhaps have never had the kind of success that we desire. We'd like to be successful in a career, but what if we've never experienced that before? How do we visualize ourselves in a perfect marriage if we've never seen one before? How do we visualize ourselves as a wonderful parent when perhaps this is our first child and and we don't have anything really good to fall back on? Well, here's where using our imagination can really help. This can resolve in, in, in a few ways. One, we can set up with a mentor. 
You know, there are people who have blazed the path before us. There are people who have wonderful marriages, who have successful careers, who are wonderful parents. There are people who have moved ahead that are fabulous entrepreneurs. And most people who are successful are willing to share their success. So if you feel stuck because you don't quite know how to envision yourself as successful, maybe it's time to find a mentor. Maybe it's time to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and allow your creativity to, to seek out what success looks like out in the world. And so finding a, a couple whose marriage or relationship you greatly admire, let's ask them how it works. If you're looking towards greater success out in the, the financial world, let's find an entrepreneur that you admire who might be willing to share some of their experience, some of their vision of what success looks like. We do not have to do this on our own. And actually, that's the good news, right? There are people who have already taken the steps that we also would like to follow in. We can do some research. We can read books about it. Uh, but more importantly, we can ask questions of the people that we admire who have gone a little ways ahead. The other place, though, that I think we're stuck is sometimes just a, a lack of imagination. And I thought I would work through an exercise today that I don't know that we've done before, at least not in the sanctuary, and, and we certainly haven't uh, done it to a larger audience before. And it's based on the idea of the holographic universe. The holographic universe says the answer to any problem resides right in the characteristics of the problem itself. And another way of thinking about this is every good thing exists in close proximity to every other good thing. And so I don't have to look any further for a consciousness of love than my own consciousness. It's tied in to spirit itself. And so every answer I could ever want is in the mind of God. Every, every good thing I could ever want is in the, the physical nature of God. Truly, everything that is ever desired is right where I am and accessible through my connection to spirit itself. And so if... If I'm stuck on this idea or this quest for greater success, do I need to look any further than my own connection to spirit itself? The holographic nature of the universe would say, no, you don't. That you are already in contact with everything you need to learn how to be more successful. And so today I'd, I'd like to show you a, a spiritual principle uh, that illustrates this. Well, hopefully, hopefully it illustrates, right? <laughs> Since I'm going to be doing it uh, right, uh, right in front of everybody. Uh, what I've got here is a paper bag, and I just scooped off the top of my desk upstairs. Some of you know I have uh, not the neatest office in the world here at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. And, uh, and so I simply got a paper bag and kind of did this with my arm and scooped off a variety of, well, gosh, I look in here and there's some office supplies and just a variety of other junk that I scooped into the bag. And what I would like to propose is that I'll get some solutions, some ideas, some, uh, some what-ifs, some means of action 
around something that has been troubling me for a long time, a place where I feel particularly stuck. You'll remember earlier today, I talked about feeling frustrated, angry, uh, hurt, heartbroken around uh, the racial tension and, uh, and honest-to-goodness racism endemic in America today that, that's up, I think, for healing. And what I know is that even though I can't see how I am to participate in this, my connection to spirit can guide the way. So even though I don't have an answer to this problem of what I am to do or how I am to show up or how I need to change my own consciousness that that must have some element of racism in it, I do know that spirit will not let me down, that the information I need, the courses of action can be made clear to me through spirit itself. If I'm open to it, if my intuition and my creativity are open to it. So this uh, strange bag of random objects can give my intuition the clues it needs to make an effort on this particular issue. So again, my issue is, what can I do to bring about an end to racism in America? What can Reverend Larry King personally do to contribute in a positive way to the success of the end of racism. And I'll simply reach in and pull something out and we'll see what it has to say to me. Well, not surprising, on my desk was a pair of scissors. And what these scissors tell me about racism is that it's cutting, is that there is a division in America right now that we are literally being cut away from ourselves by what's going on. And I also see this as a tool, of course. It doesn't have to be a tool for destruction. It can also be a tool for creativity. And that tells me that some of the same things I may be doing that's helping support racism, of supporting a system uh, where racism can uh, flourish in America, it's telling me that maybe I can use some of those same systems for good. Maybe I can use my position of, uh, of entitlement for, for good, actually. Maybe, maybe I can become the person who, who aids this, this great fight for equality. Maybe I can use my implicit power for good rather than hanging back and supporting the system as it is. I also recognize that a scissors is a, is a very personal object. It's a tool right within my own hands. And this gives me courage. This gives me the courage to know that right within my own grasp will be the tools to make a positive difference on this issue. That I don't have to worry that I'm too small or too insignificant or too powerless, but that the tools will be made available to me personally as I need them. Okay, let's move on to uh, another object here. Oh, gosh. Well, some of you are going to laugh. Yes, I, I do have a magic wand, and it happened to be on my desk, and I did scoop it off into the bag. And what I know, though, is uh, magical thinking is not going to help here. I think this is a symbol for me to say, you know, wishing it were so is not going to carry what needs to be carried through here. 
And so to me, the symbol of the magic wand is it's time to give up magical thinking of just wishing and hoping that racism will go away. It's time to have a personal stand. It's time to do something more than believe in the magic. It's time to not only stand for those guiding principles that I read around the global heart vision for Centers for Spiritual Living. It's not enough to just think that those principles are enough. That would be magic. And instead, it's time for me to do something about it. Okay. Oh, well, here, n- now, now we're getting a little more uh, personal. We have an aspirin bottle. <laughs> and yes, I have been noticing a headache around these issues lately. Uh, but what I also know is uh, that there's the idea of root causes and that there are ideas of symptoms. And so an aspirin will tend to take care of the symptoms. It will make the headache go away but it typically doesn't do much for the underlying causes. And I think that has a a particular truth uh, when I think of it in terms of race relations in the United States. We, We tend to do things that are necessary for calming down people in the moment. We engage in perhaps putting out a curfew to, to put a band-aid over the violence that's happening. We tend to, to do minor things that will appease people. But the problem is more endemic than that. We're, we're experiencing the headache every day. We're experiencing the effects of our poor thinking. We're experiencing the effects of... Uh, of a consciousness of division every day. And it's quite painful. And it will no longer be enough to simply take care of the symptoms. We must go back to the source. Oh, yeah, and I scooped up my name tag. I'd forgot that was even on my desk. You know, this says Reverend Larry King, Senior Minister, Center for Spiritual Living. And what a name tag does and what a name tag is, it's a claim of who I am. And I am here to tell you on this day that I stand for equality, that my name, that my title, that my position here stands for something more than just a dream. In the same way that we talked about mental equivalence, I have to put myself in it I am here to say today that I'm putting myself into the fight for racial equality. It's not a dream that I'm wishful and hopeful about. It's something that I'm putting my resources, my consciousness, my life in towards making a world that works for everyone. It's what I stand for. It's, it's who I am. It's who I identify with. Well, you can see You can see, I hope, how this exercise works. I don't think that Spirit will ever withhold from us the information we need to become better people. I don't think that Spirit would ever withhold from us the the tools, the resources that are necessary for seeing greater success in our personal lives, greater success in the, the imagining of America or the world beyond. Everything that we need is present always. 
And so if you're feeling stuck, I don't even know that this exercise has a name other than I think of it as the holographic universe, but put it also in your tool bag. It's a way to become uh, engaged with your higher wisdom self. It's a way of becoming engaged with uh, your ability to imagine a life that's different and providing you with some of the information and the ways for making a difference, for becoming more than you were before. So I offer it up in your tool bag as yet another way of putting yourself and your own ideas to bear against a situation where you wish to see improvement. Okay, well, let's summarize. Today we talked about some of the things that can keep our minds from shifting us into that more successful life. We reviewed three of the, uh, the principles of success, the law of cause and effect, the law of attraction, the law of mental equivalence. We reviewed means, the, the tools by which we can begin changing our thinking, changing our consciousness on the inside so that we can see a better effect on the outside, so that we can begin noticing greater success in our lives and the lives of our loved ones and the lives of society. And we talked about two of the main reasons why sometimes we get stuck, why these laws don't appear to work. The first one was a lack of acceptance, where we really, where we really don't see ourselves in that role, being successful. And the rally around that, of course, is to begin chipping away at our lack of faith, to begin building little by little the conviction that what's good for us will be for us. Chipping away at any doubt of lack, chipping away at disbelief that the good life is ready for us, the, the disbelief that our good isn't seeking us. We begin seeing with more clarity that our good is ours to receive, to enjoy, to share. We begin firmly seeing ourselves in our vision of the future. Not that it's there for other people, but that it's there for us that we deserve it, that we're living it, that our dream is real. The other sticking point that we looked at is that sometimes we don't know. We don't have a good vision of what life could be like. We haven't lived the more abundant life. We haven't lived the more loving life. And so there may be that lack of clarity. In addition to that lack of a clarity, sometimes have you noticed that we're in a mixed mind? that we're not entirely convinced that having more money in our life is actually a good thing. We're not entirely convinced that a long-time committed partner is worthwhile, right? We have our, our pluses and our minuses running in our mind. And I have to tell you, if our mind is out of alignment, if we see both the pluses and the negatives of a certain set of future happenings, we're unlikely then to achieve it. We're giving mixed messages into these three laws that we talked about, and so we're going to get mixed results back. That idea of alignment, that idea of real clarity that what I want is good for me and I shall have it, is so important. Well, I want to close today with a little bit longer quote of Ernest Holmes than usual. In the Science of Mind textbook from 1938, he writes a, a whole section on the concept of a successful person. He says, Could we see the mentality of a successful person 
we should find the imprint of success written in bold letters across the doorway of their consciousness. The successful person is self-confident, sure of what is being accomplished, certain of the outcomes of all their undertakings. As much gathers more, as like attracts like, so success breeds greater success. That's that incremental increases in faith that I was talking about. As much gathers more, as like attracts light, so success breeds greater success. And this conviction is attended by certainty. The whole teaching of Jesus is to have faith and to believe. He placed greater value on faith and belief, perhaps than any individual who has ever taught spiritual truth. We are to believe in ourselves because we have first penetrated the invisible cause back of the real self. We are to have absolute faith in our work because we have positive conviction of the inner power which enables us to do this work. But to those who believe only in failure, the law correspondingly is in measure measuring back to them the logical outcome of their beliefs in failure. The habitual failure bears across the threshold of thought an image of inability to attain. The old law says that what he has shall be withdrawn until he has learned this lesson of life and action. And so... We shall train ourselves and do so consciously to conceive of ourselves as a success, sailing on that boundless sea of livingness upon whose bosom we are all carried forward. We shall go from success to even greater success. All thoughts of failure or depression must be erased from our mentality and positive thoughts of achievement should take their place. We have faith in God, in life, and in our fellow humans. Know that this right is might. Get some degree of real conviction and stick with it. The cosmic mind is neither wishy-washy nor willy-nilly. It is positive. It is certain of itself. And it is always sure of the outcome. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, only this one thing, only spirit, only God. And what I know about it is that it moves and has its being in each one of us. Each one of us acts on behalf of spirit. Each one of us allows spirit to experience greater love, greater joy, greater peace, greater affluence, greater health. Each one of us with God acting through us can achieve anything, anything and everything possible within the realm of spirit. The overcoming of great obstacles, the, the moving forward in doubt, all of these, all of these conquered through our faith. All of these through our ability to envision ourselves living better lives. To envision for ourselves, for our communities, for our families, for our nation, for our world. Our ability to envision ourselves in a world that works for everyone is tremendous. This is how the world 
is made better. It is through our faith in these principles, and it is through our action, through our daily spiritual practices that invoke these principles that we can make a world that works for everyone. For this, I am grateful. For this, I see in myself and the people within the hearing of my voice great hope. Hope and assuredness that life is good and we shall have that good. And so I give thanks for this assuredness. I give thanks for knowing that these principles of success are in full effect, working for each one of us every single day. I give such thanks for for spirit itself moving through each one of us. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.